think that dilithium crystals are probably perfect for a new age massage. There are men who think the ultimate nullifier probably has something to do with calculus. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Boss. Two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special guest Joseph Scrimshaw. With a whip of danger, Scrimshaw Dry and crisp With a vibrant finish Scrimshaw Keep flavored Comedian extraordinaire Scrimshaw I met Joseph Scrimshaw on the Jonathan Colton Cruises and loved his stand-up comedy performances. He's an expert on Star Wars, Star Trek, comic book films, and other handy-to-know geek stuff. He's been on the show with his featured rants, and we're happy to finally get him on for a full-length, free-form conversation. Here we go. Well, welcome to Grown-Ass Men. We're uh, finally happy to get you on in a regular episode, a proper episode. And I have an opening question for you. want to get right into it. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. I wanted to ask you, because I am following you on Twitter, delightfully, and uh, <laughs> you're quite aware and you're posting a lot about um, the political situations that are happening. And I'm wondering, what superhero do you think we really need right now to help us out of this crazy situation? I think right this very second, we need Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And please explain. Uh, well, I think that we need a woman because I think part of this is that this is the last gasp. This is like the boss monster of uh, the white male patriarchy. I think that's part of the problem. Uh, so I think we need a female superhero. I think we need somebody who is realistic but virtuous. And I think that's what was so great about that Wonder Woman movie that just came out is she's willing to kill people. She's willing to admit how awful the world is, but she still has hope. And the number one thing I was thinking about today is that damn magic lasso would just end all of these Senate hearings, all of these intelligence hearings right away. Quick magic lasso, everybody tells the truth, we're done. Yeah. I, I would love it. I would love it. And I, I, I agree with you. I loved in the Wonder Woman movie that she actually deals with how difficult it is to to be a superhero and not be able to do everything, not be able to help everybody. Because it's kind of something that Superman in the movies, they didn't find a way to confront that with Superman, but they did it really well with Wonder Woman. Yeah, for Superman, it was, especially in these recent uh, movies, it's just sort of like, oh man, it's hard to be a hero. So much responsibility. Like, what if I want to get food with Lois and I have to go save somebody? <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> he's really whiny and it's much more... Uh, successfully personal and philosophical with Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see the movie hopefully this weekend, so I, I can't chime in completely, but okay. I am excited to see it, and I, I like the perspective that you have that it is the last gasp, and I think a lot of progressive people feel that way because it's like, I mean, these people are like holding on to dear life, and to do that, they have to be you know, super, super evil. I mean, these guys are like the typical evil monsters, you know? 
I kept yeah, thinking they, that with with sorry to cut you off. I kept thinking no, no. that with uh, with Hillary Rodham Clinton when she was running, it was like a video game because she defeated just like you're saying. She defeated bad guy after bad guy, knocked him right. out, and then finally she comes up against the big boss, the biggest boss fight of all. And unlike a video game, he won. That's, that's true. What were you going to say, Joe? That how how much of the the politics right now are that? Well, you should leave him alone because he's a good guy. Like that's literally what Trump is saying. Like, well, sure, maybe he's a spy with the Russians, but he's a good guy. And I think that's part of what makes it feel like that. It's not just that, oh, it's another white guy's president. There's something to that. But that's so much of that good old buddy system. And I think that's what needs to be broken is the good old buddy system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how they um, just are so self-protective and it's so blatantly insane how they have no allegiance to the rule of law. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's utterly shocking every day. Yeah. And even, even, uh, Paul Ryan said today, his defense of Trump was, well, he doesn't know how to do the job. I'm like, that's not a good defense. No, <laughs> ignorance is not a, a, a pass. That's not a free yeah. pass. Who do you think Paul Ryan is in the, in the, uh, comic book world? Oh, wow. You don't really get a lot of, like, sniveling losers. Like, maybe, <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to think of, like, that sort of second in command. Like, you get the big bosses. You get the evil guys, like uh, Lex Luthor. I, th I think he's sad Lex Luthor. I think he's Lex Luthor with his hair, but he still doesn't have the confidence. What have you been into in terms of your own uh, comedy and podcast? What are you uh, into talking about these days? Well, I've been doing a, I've got my main podcast obsessed, and then I do a Star Wars podcast, so I've been talking about Star Wars a lot, and that's been really, really fun. There's just such a huge audience who wants to dive deep into it and talk about the fun stuff about Star Wars, like, oh, hey, the lightsabers are really cool, and they always will be really, really cool. The Millennium Falcon is cool, uh, but really found an audience who is willing and interested to talk about the deeper themes and ideas in Star Wars. Uh, I think there's a lot there. You know, people make fun of the prequels, and I think they are. There's a lot of not great things about the prequels, but they're getting a lot more respect because they're a story about how the government destroys itself from the inside, and how somebody who promises that uh, I can get you security, you just have to bow down to me. Like that's those are literally some of the lines <laughs> in uh, in the prequels. Um, so it's been really nice to talk a lot more uh, about the big picture ideas of Star Wars as well as just geek out about, like, who's the coolest bounty hunter? <laughs> right, so you're getting into it on super details with, like, people who just love doing that. Yeah, and just, like, what is the philosophy of the Jedi? Are they good guys? Are they trying to be good guys? Is, just it, is it just a matter of inherently when you try to organize a system, there's going to be cracks because organization is inherently flawed and, like, it's been really fun to chew into, like, big ideas of Star Wars. I didn't see any of the prequels, but I did see the last one, and I actually really got into it. And, you know, I've always been more of a Star Trek guy. Yeah. You know, I and I, we've talked about that kind of thing on this show a bunch. You know, what what is your your feeling about Star Trek versus Star Wars? Do you engage in that debate? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I like them both. I think I'm a bigger Star Wars guy just because it's a little bit closer to my own personality and abilities because I think Star Wars is ultimately space fantasy and it has an element of the magical and it has an element of fate and destiny. And the thing I appreciate about Star Trek is it is, no matter how ludicrous it gets, no matter how how many tachyons there are, um, it's still science. It's still like our world could become Star Trek. And I think one of the cool things about Star Trek, hopefully this new series being good, is it's a reminder that you have to do your homework. Every hero in Star Trek ever has gone through the Federation. And even like bad boy Captain Kirk, punching people, kissing people, he's still like a badass straight-A student. He's still like graduated with honors. So like I love the element that Star Trek is about intelligence and doing your homework. Right. I agree with you there. I mean, I've always loved it for that reason. And it does feel when you watch like at least the original series is like that we're coming into that part of our, the future almost. And I yeah. often I often talk about like you know, like on Star Trek they make a point of saying, you know, we figured out how to eradicate starvation and poverty and you know we don't have those kind of things anymore like aren't you there yet you know I, <laughs> I love that thought you know like that you know yeah we'll get to a place where we're not going to be engaging in this kind of what i think seems to most people like just so stupid to be fighting and killing each other all the time you know yeah if nothing just like a waste of time we could be making cool music we could be wearing weird space rompers like they do on star trek all sorts of great cultural advances. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You know, for our listeners who haven't, like, pondered and want, got deep into every Grown-Ass Man episode, like, you've done a <laughs> few of uh, Scrimshaw's rants yeah. for us, which were quite funny. I'm wondering if off the cuff you have anything you would like to rant about. Oh man, I'm trying to think of what has uh, what has annoyed me. And now, on, <laughs> besides politics, I'm used to ranting about real life. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the the geeky thing uh, that has annoyed me. I suppose you guys have talked a lot about the DC films up until Wonder Woman, right? Batman and Superman and whatnot. We went to see Batman and Superman together, and we were very forgiving of it when we saw it. But it hasn't aged well with me. You were. Yeah. You were very forgiving of it. Okay, cool. When we saw uh, it, we were kind of, we were like, eh, it's, you know, maybe, you know, it's not so bad. And then it, this, I have to say, the Wonder Woman movie made it look sick. Wonder Woman is the best hero that DC has in their in their cinematic universe, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. So I, I can try to rant a little bit about Batman v Superman. Oh, I'd like to hear Yeah, that, that would be great. Okay. You know, it is a hotbed of internet controversy because everybody likes to fight uh, DC versus Marvel. And now I can appreciate that there's an attempt to see a different perspective of Superman and Batman because we know the characters well. I think at this point people are just born automatically knowing the origin stories of Superman and Batman. So eh, it's fine. Try to give them a, a different take on them. But when the take is that they both don't want to be superheroes... Part of the fun of being superheroes, why we want to hear those stories, is because there is a little bit of a wish fulfillment where you're like, wow, I wish I was uh, uh, born rich and then my parents got killed so I could dress up and be Batman and be unstoppable and reliable. That's cool. Or I wish I could have 
been blasted away from a planet that exploded so then I could have superpowers and I could dress up in a cool outfit and I could fly around trying my best to make the world a better place. And sure, it's hard. You run into challenges, but it's great to be a superhero. I want to be a superhero. There is no wish fulfillment for me in being an angry middle-aged man who gets easily annoyed by your life's tasks and then deals with it by staring off into space and kind of weeping a little bit. I can do that by myself. I don't need to fantasize about dressing up as a superhero to do those things. And I think more than anything, we look at superheroes as a little bit of a beacon of hope. And Superman in particular as a beacon of hope. Batman as a beacon of resourcefulness and determination. And those Give me any twist on Batman and Superman, but I need those key core ideas there that they want to be doing what they're doing and that they truly believe in it instead of constantly questioning themselves. And Superman, his name tells you what he needs to be. He needs to be a better version of us. And yeah. the version that they have in Man of Steel and in the Batman v Superman is so, like you're saying, he's angsty and he's he does the wrong thing and he destroy like destroys humanity i mean he's like a planet wrecker yeah and the the annoying thing to me about man of steel with the whole smashing of cities uh of metropolis you insert a couple of shots where he tries to take the fight out of town and he can't there now we now we have superman because he at least tried it's the fact that he doesn't try at all and he's just like sure this is fine I think that was my favorite thing in Batman v Superman was the beginning when you saw from Bruce Wayne's point of view what an asshole he thinks Superman is. <laughs> I like yeah. that. It tracked. It worked. You know, it's funny, like thinking of like that movie, I think the opposite of that movie like completely is the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. You know, have you seen those? Yeah, I've seen both of them. Are you a fan, Adam? I love them. I love the... We just... I saw the first one a while ago. Okay. And then my girlfriend and I rewatched the first one so we could see the second one in the theater, which we just saw. Love the first one. Love the second one, but I love the first one a lot more. Okay. And, you know, I mean, for me, the, the baby Groot is just incredible. Unfortunately, in the theater, when they come on with Mr. Blue Sky by ELO, I felt like the volume of the theater was just not loud enough. Like, I felt I needed to be so engrossed in ELO, and it would have been like the greatest moment of all time. But what about when they played Brandy, You're a Fine Girl? That was loud enough. For yeah. Me. Well, I love that song. I love that song, too, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it was plenty loud. Uh, the Guardians that of the Galaxy movies are some of my favorite superhero movies. I really... I actually saw the first one at a drive-in in Maine with my family, and we all loved it, and it's become like a family movie. And I, it really reminds me of Star Wars, the original Star Wars, in a way, because it has the sense of fun and wonder and the mix of comedy and adventure that Star Wars, the original Star Wars, I thought did so well. I, I, yeah. I love those Guardians movies. And the new one is just a it's like a splash of color it's like a shiny new movie that's right it's really fun to see 
Yeah, and it's full of daddy issues, just like Star Wars, so it matches up perfectly. Adam, when you, when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy and you hear all these songs that I imagine you know how to play by heart, can you stop yourself from uh, air basing? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm in the theater just because I'll probably bother people if I start air basing. But like, <laughs> I do get so psyched by hearing those songs. It's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, obviously they're sharing those songs with a brand new generation, but it obviously also is a pull to all you know some older crowd who grew up on all that music. I mean, it's incredible yeah. to hear all those old songs. So Joseph, we've got. 2017, a lot of superhero movies coming out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about all of them. Well, <laughs> uh, we already had Logan. Right. Did you see it? Oh, Who yeah. am I talking to? I'm, I apologize for even saying that. What did you think of Logan? Oh, I love Logan. I think, uh, I think Logan is a great example of what superhero movies need to do, which is to explore other genres within still being superhero movies the same way the comics have, you know, like that's kind of what revolutionized the comics book industry like in the 80s is playing around with different ideas and different tones and making Logan kind of a little bit of a Western almost. Uh, I was a great move. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did, too. I loved it. And I loved loved the idea that Professor X has Alzheimer's. Yes, yeah, depressing but beautiful. He's losing the he's losing control over the, the you know one of the greatest powers on the planet and mm. he doesn't have control over it anymore. I love that. Yeah, it, it's a great twist on so many X Men stories are about uh, people basically being racist towards mutants and saying they're dangerous. And then here was a great story where it's like it's not his fault, but he is really dangerous now. So then, how do our heroes deal with all of the people who've always attacked them? Kind of being right. Okay, so uh, what about Spider-Man Homecoming? What are your well, feelings? I, I feel I've seen the movie uh, three times because the trailers give away way too much. So I feel like I've seen the whole movie. I should That's what I should have ranted about. Trailers! And the poster. the poster! The poster for Spider-Man oh Homecoming. Oh my god, yeah, that poster was an attack on the concept of uh, art. Oh my god, it was like a Fruit Loops box. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for the movie. The movie looks great. I really wish they hadn't given away so much of the trailers. Uh, I love that. Again, we're going to see something relatively fresh with Spider-Man in that we're seeing a true kid. Like that first Spider-Man in 2002, we got a little bit of he's a kid, but it was, you know, more about him graduating from high school and becoming an adult. Right. I hated those middle movies. The ones with Andrew Garfield. You know, where he's like, oh, could I possibly hook up with the cutest girl in school? Oh, I guess, well, maybe I can because I'm one of the handsomest guys. He just wasn't a loser. That's what I no, liked was... about Tobey Maguire is I felt like he was a loser. I believed that women wouldn't date him. Yes, I <laughs> believed that too. And I liked that. What are you thinking about upcoming uh, Justice League? Um, I'm feeling better about it. After Wonder Woman, you get Joss Whedon in there, you get the success of Wonder Woman, and I think it's still going to be kind of a grim, hard look at being a superhero, but I think it's going to be a little bit more well-balanced. It's going to have Adam's favorite superhero in it. Aquaman. Oh. Aquaman. Joseph and I have often talked about how... <laughs> 
I mean, I go much more off on it than you do. But like <laughs> that Aquaman is the absolute worst. But he talks to fish. <laughs> so does Submariner, and Submariner's cool. Submariner is a better, more intriguing character. <laughs> Absolutely. Submariner is a character. I mean, add Aquaman. Nobody cares about Aquaman. Well, they, they can put a like, tattoos and a beard on him. It's not going to work. <laughs> it, it does feel like the, the version of Aquaman is trying too hard. To be like, what if I had long hair and I'm incredibly sexy? Like, well, all right. Is but, the you know, Adam going to be in it? Nope. Ah. Oh. No. They're gonna. Uh, they've got. Uh, they've got Flash. The Flash is in. And they've it. got Cyborg. Cyborg is in it. Okay. I have. I yeah. don't have high hopes for. But it, I mean, it's the oh, best. I want to see it. For the sure. best news is that Joss Whedon is 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 working on it. I mean, that's best news for the movie anyway. Yeah, Adam. If they make a Submariner movie, or if he appears in the MCU, do you want him to have the wings on his ankles? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's who he is, right? <laughs> Come on, that's oh, like. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge. I mean, that's how he flies. I want him to. I, I, want, I want him to be in World War II. I want to see oh. him fight. Oh, you want to see old Submariner? I want to see at least part of him fighting the U-boats and fighting the Japanese. You know, with the crazy arched eyebrows. Like, I want to see that version of Submariner at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to see like a supervillain team up of Submariner and Doctor Doom. But a much more sophisticated version of the two of them tangling with a really well-done FF. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the movie, FF yeah. franchise has just been destroyed. Yeah. You know, I mean, hopefully they'll bring it back. Because, like, I mean, I'm huge, huge, always a Fantastic Four fan. I always would want to see that come back. But, like, like do Doctor Doom right. Do some Mariner right, you know? Like, I don't know how they keep screwing up Fantastic Four. It's a family story in space. It's just a family story in space. Well, they like, just mess with like the way the thing looks all the time. Then he gets weirder and weirder looking all the yeah. time. What do you think, Joseph? What did you think of that last Fantastic Four movie? You could go on a rant about that. Oh, here's my rant. I didn't see it. That's that's about the worst thing I can say about a superhero <laughs> movie. Is oh I chose God. not to see it. You You have to see it because it keeps digging a hole deeper than you think it can go yeah it's unbelievable like you've got a character like the human torch and he is always in a bunker like in a cement room he, they don't even let him out like what it, it, right exactly you just go what i don't understand but it, <laughs> yeah it just doesn't make sense I feel like the thing in particular, I want to see the thing done really well. Not only looking well, but like when I was reading Fantastic Four, he was kind of my favorite character because, you know, he was the likable one. He had a sense of humor. So the audience loved him and he hated himself. And like, that's fascinating. That's so powerful. And I think, you know, in, in our, our modern world, we're all trying to just like, hey, you do you. You be proud of who you are. Appearance doesn't matter. Who you are inside matters. Like, the thing's such a great representative for all of those ideas. What about just comedy? Like, what's making you laugh? Before we, before we close, like, what? because you're a very funny guy. You must oh, have an opportunity you. to see a lot of uh, 
great comics out in L.A. What, what's making you laugh? I do see a lot of great comics. You know, one of my favorite comedians is Jackie Cation. I think she is hilarious. And if people don't know Jackie Cation and they're listening to this podcast and they like geek stuff. And I recommend, I tell people, go out with a guy who plays video games. Go out with a guy who collects action figures and reads comic books. Go out with that guy. Marry that guy, because that guy's home right now. <laughs> Dude is around. Yeah. He's got a curio shelf, and he's got to organize his action figures. It keeps him off the pipe. It keeps him off the pole. It's nice. Uh, Jackie Cation is amazing because she's kind of trained herself on the on the road. She's kind of a road comedian, uh, if you know that distinction. Road comedians, you know, play difficult uh, uh, audiences where you have to be really assertive, and you have to really get your jokes across, and you have to have your set down like perfect, like a diamond. But she is a huge nerd. She uh, she talks all you know. She's got great jokes about uh, Oregon Trail and about video games and about uh, being a big fan of romance novels. But it's all told with the sort of precision of a an old school road comic. And she's she's my favorite comedian. Are you going to be doing any uh, touring yourself? Are you doing any of that now? Yeah, I'll be at a couple of conventions this summer. I'll be at Convergence in Minnesota, and then I will be at Dragon Con in Atlanta, and I'm working on putting together some stuff for San Diego Comic-Con, so we'll see what shakes out there. Oh, that's awesome, man. I hope that all comes together. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we're about at the end of our uh, episode, and it was really great to reconnect with you, man. Thank oh, you absolutely. So much great for to being talk on. to you guys. Grown ass man.